Welcome to Podcasting with an Infant in the Background. You will hear my amazing little daughter squealing in the background because she's learning to talk and <laughs> learning to hear her own voice or use her own voice. So please forgive me. Now for today's topic. <laughs> it's hard to be serious when she's, ah, ah, ah. it's just, <laughs> it's so cute, but I'm going to try to record. Um, today's topic. <laughs> I mean, is that not the cutest thing? I love it. <laughs> okay. All over the place. I've been seeing um, comments, whether it's the newspaper, not that I read the newspaper, but I was traveling last week and I did see a newspaper when I was on the plane. The guy next to me was reading the newspaper. And on the internet and on TV shows, talk radio, podcasts, I hear the same thing over and over again. There's all these jobs out here and nobody wants to go back to work because everybody is lazy. No one really wants to work, especially millennials. They're lazy. Well, I actually think it's something else. I don't think people are lazy. I mean, yes, there's always going to be lazy people, but the majority of us are going through a shift. And I have a completely like I have a whole theory as to why all these jobs are out there and no one is taking them. And there's like a second tier as to why, but the main reason we're going to talk to today, and it's not what you think. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. And I am back. I took a vacation the entire time I've done this show, which is just over a year. I have never not recorded on vacation, on travels, no matter what, I always recorded. And I brought my microphone and I was all set to record, but I just was enjoying myself. We went to New England where my husband is from. And my mother-in-law finally got to meet Rowan and she fell in love with her. I mean, what's not to love? And it was just a beautiful time of year there. The fall colors, the air was fresh, the weather was beautiful. It, we just had such a nice time with friends and family and just it was wonderful. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be in the moment and I'm not going to record. I was like, man, maybe I'll record tomorrow. And then tomorrow never came. So here I am. I usually like to at least announce if there's going to be any kind of changes or something, but I just was enjoying myself. But I am back at it with all new shows this week and moving forward. Um, maybe even during Thanksgiving. I'll let you guys know about that. I also have an interview coming up with somebody that I really liked. I'd interviewed her a couple a uh, couple weeks ago now, and I'm doing some final touches for the promo and and editing and all of that. So it might be next week, might be the week after. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's a really good interview, and you guys won't want to miss it. And it, we kind of talked about things that I think that affect a lot of us, at least my listeners who deal with uh, depression or anxiety or, you know, like to talk about mental health as a real thing instead of just a, 
theory or a hashtag or just everyday things that a lot of us, you know, sometimes hide from other people. But I like to peel back the layers and really get to know anybody I interview, which is part of the reason why I don't do that many interviews, because a lot of the people I have access to just want to do fluff and sell something, which I'm fine with promoting and selling, but I don't want to do fluff. I mean, it's in the title, big time, small talk. It's beyond small talk, right? It's, in, well, it's not really in the title, but that's the inference. And so I think this interview is really good and I'm glad she shared some difficult things. So I hope you guys will subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss this interview. And um, while we're at it, I guess we'll get into that. <clears throat> Please click that subscribe button. And if you listen on Apple, click those five stars, leave a written review if you can. If you like the show, especially if you don't like the show, well, go ahead and leave a positive review anyway. <laughs> if you don't like the show, and eh, we won't talk about it. But I hope you'll give the show a chance, a second chance, if there was maybe an episode that you were like, mm, meh, meh, because I think there's something for everyone. Um, if you want to reach out to me, follow me on uh, at Jody's Box on Twitter, at Jody's Box on Instagram, where I'm the most act, uh, God, I can't speak, where I am the most active, Jody Rollins. And if you want to write me, you can email me, bigtimesmalltalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message or um, answer questions or uh, support the show financially all through the Anchor app. In every single episode at the bottom of the show notes, you can see all the link options there of uh, what you what you can do, what you choose to do, whether it's support the show financially, or um, leave a voice message. So all the information is there on how you can do it and what your options are in the show notes. So you can click the links there. Okay, so please, please, please click subscribe and share the show. You know, if you like what you're listening to, it is really hard to grow a podcast with all the celebrities and A-list celebrities, B-list celebrities and D-list celebrities. Everybody and his brother's got a podcast. I know this. But I think that some people just talk and some of the shows I'm like, this is not that interesting. So I'm pouring my heart and soul into this show. If you like it, share an episode or two with your friends or family. I would greatly appreciate it. Okay. Sorry, I just got to turn on the fan here. It's weird weather here right now in Southern California in the desert. It's like still warm, but then it's cool at night. So sometimes it's like the house is a little chilly and then I'll turn on a little space heater and then I start to get hot. So I have to turn on the fan. It's just a weird time of year. We go from like sweltering to boom, all of a sudden it's cooler. Okay. So now the topic that I want to get into while I was away on my vacation, there is, let's see, how do I say this without exposing people? There's someone that knows someone <laughs> that we um, talk to whenever we visit that part of the country, who is a Trump supporter. And I mean, pre-Trump, I didn't know his politics. And, you know, during Trump and post-Trump, it became apparent, but we don't talk politics at all. And lately, he's been posting some stuff on Facebook, not conspiracy theories, just like he really wants him to win in the 2024 election. Okay, we're not going to get into Trump. But we had this really interesting conversation. 
And I'm going to extrapolate what I believe he actually meant and some of it he said and some of it he kind of danced around and based on what I was saying, I believe he believes what I'm about to tell you. And this is something that I've seen all over the place. Like I mentioned in the cold open, whether it's online, newspapers, podcasts, TV, whatever, there's all these jobs, right? And we constantly hear there's a labor shortage. There's millions of jobs and you can work at McDonald's or Jack in the Box, at least in Southern California, starting at $16.75 an hour, which is pretty good money, right? So if all of these jobs are open, whether it's McDonald's, whether it's working at a factory, whether it's, I don't know what, landscaping, secretary, call center, all of these things, generally speaking, they have one thing in common. And that is they are all, in some way, direct connection to customer service. And again, this is my opinion. It's not a scientific opinion. I have not done a poll or measured. It's just my observation, right? That's what we do here. Stories and observations beyond small talk. And what I realized is all of these jobs are connected to the public. Customer service, public service. Like I said, you'll have these call centers, restaurants, fast food, delivery, all these things that have to deal with customer service. Less and less, and again, I believe, but less and less of the jobs are the type where you don't interact with the public. You just enter you know, numbers or something, or you're creating something and it's a, a really unique and fun experiment or experience. It's public relations in, so, in, in some way. And so I started thinking that when COVID hit, Right before then, right, 2019, early 2020, everybody was doing the status quo, like you're living your life, trying to do your job, you know, whatever, if you're in school, go to school, if you have a family, trying to keep a roof over your head, feed your kids, you know, take your vacations and whatever. But then when COVID hit, it shifted everyone's life in some fashion or another. Everyone, is, everyone was affected. And think about that. I mean, across the world, people were affected. I'm sure in smaller little areas, they were affected less. But what else in our lifetime has everyone been affected by? And I'm talking about people who are 50 years older than me and 50 years younger than me. I'm right in the middle, right? And there is nothing. I mean, even terrorist attacks, September 11th, like we're all affected, but not directly affected. People watched it on TV and were like, wow, that's horrible. And then got on with their lives. Unless you knew somebody or worked there or near and around or whatever, were directly affected. It wasn't really a part of your life. But COVID affected us all. And so this shift happened, in my opinion, and people started to look at their lives and they started to ask themselves, what do I really want? What do I really enjoy? What can I really stand or put up with? Whether it's you're sick and tired of your husband or your wife or your boy boyfriend or girlfriend because they talk about all these divorces, right? That people filed for a divorce during COVID because they drove each other nuts during lockdown. 
But then there's all these COVID babies because people were having sex. And then the big surprise was that all these people did like home improvement for their homes. The prices of lumber went up. The price of lumber went up. There was like a lumber shortage. Construction, remodeling was busy because people looked around at their house and they looked around at their lives and they were like, this shit sucks. They didn't like who they were with or they did and they made a baby. They didn't like their home, so they changed it or they moved. Real estate through the roof. People were moving. There was like, you know, fighting, not physical fighting, but you know, you would have you you would get in a bidding war over houses. Houses were going for 10, 20, $30,000 over ask depending on where you were or more. Like all of these weird things happened and in my opinion, they're not so weird. It's that we were doing the same thing over and over. You grew up, you got a job, you got on with your life. You grew up, you went to college, you got a job, you went on with your life. You struggled, you, you stuck it out, you worked at a job that you didn't really like, you lived for the weekends. Whatever it is that we were doing or whatever it was, when COVID hit, we were forced to take a look at our lives in a way that we never have before. And when we do that, we really like, we go, hmm, am I overweight? Do I want to lose a couple pounds? Am I not strong? Do I, you know, I want to get back to the gym when COVID doesn't stop me from going. And we talked about houses. And, you know, a lot of my friends, we all had this feeling where we wanted to like spring clean and it wasn't the springtime. We wanted to like start fresh and get over and get rid of things. Get over it. Well, I, I not really get over, but get rid of the things that we didn't need. Right, Rowan? You hear in the background. So I think that when COVID happened and we were forced against our will, because I try to be one of those people that really looks at my life and I go, what did I do wrong here? How can I grow? How can I give more? How can I do more? How can I be better? How can I be kinder to myself? How can I facilitate relationships that create a balance in my life, a healthy balance? You know, all of these things I'm constantly asking myself, but the average person does not. My husband is, to me, exceptional and a really hard worker and all of these things. But he's an average guy. And I don't mean average like just regular, but he's like someone that you could pick out of a crowd and is, I mean, I don't even know how to say it other than he's an average guy, but not average. Does that make sense? Like not bad, like, well, he's average. Okay. But he doesn't think about those things. He just works really, really hard. He goes in during the summertime. He'll work a hundred hours a week, week after week after week. His job, in my opinion, sucks, but it supports our family and he finds joy in it. He finds um, it to be a challenge and the shitty parts of it, the hours he just puts up with because it's a good job that provides for the family. But lately, if I may say so myself, he's had it. You know, there's parts of the job and parts of life where he too is like questioning. I mean, he's fine with his job, don't get me wrong. But I look at people like him who were forced to take a look at their life in a way that they never have. And I think that 
is an inkling of why we see what we see with jobs. Okay, so let me explain. I worked in customer service or hospitality for 25 years. I started out as a hostess at a fine dining steakhouse. I mean, I actually worked in Kentucky Fried Chicken. That was my first job when I was like 15. So if I add all those years, it was more. And after that, I worked in retail, you know, right before college and in high school. Customer service was my like bread and butter. It really paid for everything. So when I started as a hostess, um, as an adult, and then moved my way into waiting tables in fine dining, it paid really well. And Rowan is having a really good time here, by the way. That's she's like on her little chair and playing with the mobile. If you guys hear in the background. So in that 25 years, though, waiting tables and pouring wine and listening to people complain and have them bitch at me. It, I, I always used to say, being a waitress eats your soul out. Now, I know there are some people who like it, and God bless you. I actually worked with people who were like, I like this. But they were some of the most miserable people I ever met. I think they told themselves they liked it because it's really good money and you don't have to get up early. You don't have to work 40 hours a week ever. I mean, you can if you pick up extra shifts. But for the most part, I worked probably 30 hours average, 30 to 35 hour, hours average. So like four to five hour shifts a week was probably the norm and then sometimes more. But the reason why I would say it ate your soul out is because you would get up in the morning and you would get dressed and do whatever and head into work. And then you'd be in a good mood maybe and a table would crap all over you because they had a bad day. You know, you get to the table and they're like, hi, we thought you forgot about us. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, the manager didn't tell me that this was my table. I apologize for that. Let me get you started right away. Well, I hope so. Like it was nonstop. Yes, there were nice people and I got great opportunities and experiences and I got to see and meet celebrities. Tons, tons, tons of celebrities. And that part was really cool, you know, like to meet some of your heroes or people you, were, you grew up watching. Those were the ones actually that I loved seeing the most. I remember I saw some, some of the actors from Facts of Life and Silver Spoons and all kinds, well, all kinds of things. And um, I, some of you are like, what shows are you talking about? The Bionic Woman <laughs> All these like 70s and 80s TV shows. Yes, I'm old. But every day there was somebody, for the most part, who treated me like crap. Whether it was my manager or coworkers or the guests. Like we weren't allowed to call them customers. But the guests that came in the restaurant. And some days obviously were worse than others. I had one table that said some racist crap to me. I've had... Um, I'll never forget when I was working as a hostess and this was in New York City and I was working at a steakhouse and it was like the hot spot, the jump in spot, right? It was brand new, like publicists were saying, sending their actors there. Like it was the place to see and be seen. And it was so busy. They would overbook every night just because people would wait. They're like, well, who cares? We want to go to this brand new restaurant. And so Every night, people were pissed off going, where's my table? And here I am. I'm 5'7". I think I would wear heels to work that were like maybe two inches. So maybe I'm like 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine and a half. 
And um, this really tall guy who had been waiting for his table, it was maybe 20 to 40 minutes past his reservation time. And I'll never forget, he like towered over me because he was so tall. And he looked down at me and he pointed his finger in my face and he said, where's my table? I want my fucking table right the fuck now. Like, who talks to a person that way? Here I am, this 23-year-old girl, right? Woman, whatever. And this guy, who's probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, is like his spit is like coming out of his mouth at my face. And he's cursing at me like I kicked his dog. And it was that kind of stuff that like ate my soul out. I wish I were the type of person where I could just go, ah, it just slides off my back. I know there are some people out there who do that, but being yelled at, um, having people lie to the manager. Well, she said this, I'm like, okay, didn't, but you couldn't correct them. You couldn't say, ma'am, you asked for a medium rare steak. And then you're telling me you said medium well. That's not what you said because I confirmed it. And I told you medium rare is a warm red center. And you said perfect. And now you're bitching. Like you can't say anything. You just have to take it as tables lie about you. I had busboys steal from me. Like all of this stuff, shift after shift after shift for years. I had men say grotesque sexual things to me. I mean, just it wasn't fun. Don't get me wrong. I had some fun times and made some great friendships, lifelong friendships. But customer service takes its toll. People used to say, I know why you get paid the big bucks, because you put up with people's crap. I mean, that's what I always said. I didn't get paid for my wine knowledge, which was pretty extensive. I didn't get paid because I knew I worked at the place that had the best steaks in the country, according to them, but you know, some of the best cuts. I got paid to put up with crap. I got paid to put up with people's moods. I got paid to deal with people who would come in high at like 10.59 p.m., even though we close at 11, and think it was funny. They reeked of marijuana, and they're just like, <laughs> we know you guys are about to close, but we're starving. And then they sit there till 2 in the morning because you can't kick them out. And they know you're waiting for them to leave and they are the only table in the restaurant and they just like screwing with you because they can. People come into restaurants and exert their power, especially in fine dining. It's really remarkable to watch and that's what you put up with and it sucked. And I know that it sucked because I did it for so long. So here's the thing I think. I think the reason why all of these customer service jobs are open is because people took a look at their lives during COVID and said, I don't want to go back to that crap ever again. Either my husband can pick up a couple of extra shifts or a couple of extra overtime hours. I want to stay home with my kids or I want to go back to school. I'll take out a loan or I'll get a scholarship I will just live off of less money. I'll take a different kind of job. I know friends who left waitressing who were like, I'm never going back to that. And they're like, I think one guy's working, what did they say he was doing? Some, something with insurance, a guy I used to work with. Um, 
another girl started doing some kind of, I forget what she was doing, but something where she left like direct customer service jobs. It's one thing like answering the phone, having the odd annoying person, or, you know, if you're a receptionist or whatever, but where you're at the mercy of people working in fast food, working at, you know, a Walmart or a Target or restaurants. It sucks. And so I think it's easy to say, well, the reason why is because everybody's lazy and they're just living off of government assistance. Well, sure, some people are lazy, but the majority of human beings want to be productive. The majority of human beings want to make their name in something or do something that's challenging or helps them grow or they feel like they're contributing to society or want to make money so that they have money in their pocket or to take trips or to feed their family. Most people are not lazy. It's just that, again, I think that COVID hit and really and truly we took a look at our lives and we said, I don't want to work a hundred hours a week. I don't want to be beat up on emotionally every day at my job. That's why when someone says you can make $16, $17 an hour working at Jack in the Box, people go, forget it. I want to have somebody like yelling at me about French fries, about their Coke. They didn't get this or that fast enough. Food's cold, whatever it is. No, sir. No, thank you. So I was talking to that conservative person, again, as I mentioned, in New England. And I really, I really was listening to what he was saying. And he was saying, well, something along the lines of, well, all these, like, young people are just lazy. And, you know, they, they don't want to work. And that's not what it is, at least in my opinion. It's that The business model that has been set up for all of us in this day and age doesn't work anymore. What do I mean by that? I got to tell you, I have a whole theory about how this day and age, this, this current time, the times that we're in, this business model, this Monday through Friday and sometimes Saturday doesn't work anymore. Well, I want to explain exactly what I mean, but first, we're going to take a break. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, so Rowan is sleeping right now, so it's nice and quiet. We'll see how long she naps. I think it's still quiet. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, so the business model that I think is was fine for what, the 1950s? Think about it. In the 1950s, 60s, 70s, there was the sort of nuclear family ideal. You know, mom stayed at home. Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule. But generally speaking, mom stayed at home, raised the kids, and dad, you know, left for work. At 8.30, got to work by 9, had lunch from noon to 1, worked until 5 p.m., and was home by 5.15 or 5.30. And that's what worked. 
And that was okay when we had Monday through Friday work. If you worked a blue collar job, maybe you had the morning shift, but you were there with your family at night, or you had the night shift and you were there with your family in the morning. If you wanted to pick up extra shifts, you made extra money and that was that. But it was sort of, the standard was known and acceptable. Something happened in the 80s and I was there and alive and well. I mean, I was a kid watching it. But I remember that's when like yuppies became a thing. Young, upwardly mobile urban professionals. Yuppies. That was like a term they threw around in the 80s that nobody throws around anymore. Again, I am officially old. And it seemed like these young people of the 80s said, I want more. I want more money. I want more power. I want more status. I want more vacations. I want more. And so the business world was still, if you think about it, it seems like everything's always been the same, but things were growing and changing, right? The 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s were very different. Computers started to take hold. I remember when my dad, my dad used to work as a systems analyst for computers. And when I was like somewhere around seven, maybe eight years old, he took me to his office and he was like, let me show you a computer. We had to walk into a room. You open the door and that was the computer. From the floor to about six feet or seven feet was this giant thing that was a computer. It was huge. And so the beginning of the era of technology started right in the 70s. And by the 80s, we have desktop computers. And so people can work from home and send emails from home slowly but surely. They can do more. And we began to do more and more and more and work more. We had um, more access to telecommunications. That used to be a thing. We're going to telecommute. We'd have meetings over the phone. So we could do even more. And then we moved on to the 90s and the 2000s and even more. Computers got smaller and smaller and then we got laptops and the 2000s and then we got cell phones. So we can do even more and they got faster and faster and faster. And people could work not just nine to five, but eight to six and then seven to eight. And then also on Saturdays for a half day and then six days a week. And it just became more and more and more. And here we are in the year 2021 and everybody's mooring it up, working all these ridiculous hours. Nine to five is a joke. You don't get an hour lunch and work nine to five anymore. They're like, oh, whoa, whoa. If you work nine to five and you have an hour lunch, that lunch, you've got to work until six because that's wasted productivity. And in fact, why don't you come in at eight? Because we need you here. We want to be here before X, Y, and Z happens. So it was more and more and more. Everyone's on their phone, checking their emails, making sure they're responding to a client, right? Making sure that when you send out this or that on Friday afternoon, you got to check back on Saturday to see if it was received or someone responded back to your client that's in a different time zone or maybe in Hong Kong. More of us was asked and we were not able to spend as much time with our families. We're not able to spend as much time with our friend, friends. So people end up working for the weekends. If they don't work ridiculous hours on the weekends, they work ridiculous hours during the week. They hate their job and they just get wasted on Friday night and Saturday night. They get drunk during football Sunday afternoon. They sleep it off and start all over again on Monday. And that's a miserable way to live. 
hating your job and being pissed that you have to work that many hours at a job you don't even like. And then when you get there, you're abused by the customers and the guests. Who needs that? COVID comes along and you get a break. You get to work from home, you're in your pajamas. You're like, wow, why would I wanna go back to the office when I can work in my pajamas? I have a nice shirt on, you know, from the waist up, I'm all business. From the waist down, I'm all bedtime in pajamas. People I know who waited tables for decades were like, wow, I had like a few months away from it. I'm not as stressed anymore. I feel more content. I have more time to exercise, work out, eat healthier. I don't wanna go back to feeling like crap. I don't care if you're offering me 14, 15, 16, $17 an hour. It's not worth it. And that's what I think happened. That's why we have a shortage. Plus something that people just somehow aren't really even talking about. This country has what, some roughly 350 million people. So let's just say, and again, math is not my strength, but play, stick with me here for just a second. 350 million people. Let's just say half of them are under the age of 18 or even 21, age to work, right? And let's say another half of that are maybe retired or not interested in working, stay-at-home parent, um, don't work for various reasons, they're on Medicaid, disability, whatever. You only have so many people that are part of the workforce. And when you take 600,000 people out of the workforce, it's going to show up. What is it? Almost 700,000 people have died of COVID. And I would say, and again, this is my just speculation, not great at math, at least 60% of them were capable of working, if I had to guess, at least. The rest may have been elderly, too old to work, or not working, retired, what have you. So when you take four, five, 600,000 people out of the workforce, you're going to have a shortage. So now we have hundreds of thousands of people that are no longer walking the planet that were here in 2019 and capable of working. And now we also have people who are like, I'm sick and tired of this shit that I do. And that's where you get your discrepancy. And again, this is what I think. I'm no sociologist. I don't work for the census. You know, I just told you I'm not good at math. But I think that when you kill off that many people with this horrendous virus that COVID is, and then you don't account for it, like we're not, I don't hear people talking about it. That's a lot of people. Out of 350 million, that's a lot of people. I understand. I mean, think about it. If several planes crashed every day, where on each one of those planes was 100,000 people some kind of way, right? There are several plane crashes, let's just say that. People would be mortified. But somehow, with COVID, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that does make a difference. So I think we need to stop deciding, oh, well, the reason why people aren't going back to work is because they're lazy. No, I believe the reason why people aren't going back to work because the system is broken. 
You can always get more money somehow. Someone will give you money, loan you money. You can work for it. God help you. You can steal it. You can share it with somebody else. But you can never get more time. And I think that's what happened during COVID is that many people, and not everyone, other people are like, I'm fine. I like my job or my, my job is meh, but this is okay life. I, COVID didn't change me. But many people sat themselves down and they were like, I'm not going back to that crap. I had a break from it. I don't want to go back to that life. I want to do something different. And that doesn't make us lazy. It also doesn't make us lazy if we only want to work Monday through Friday, nine to five. Or, you know, if you want like an early thing, some people maybe would be happy if they work, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, like 5 a.m. to like 1 p.m. Or a later shift if you wanted to be with your kids or you wanted to do something else or have a, a, a podcast or something on the side, like having shifts. I think we need to be more creative because obviously throwing money at people isn't helping. Giving people back their own power is what helps. I've done all kinds of side gigs and I like those because I have my time in my hands. I could go back to waitressing, which I despise, but I don't have any control over my schedule. I worked Christmases. I worked Thanksgivings. I worked Fourth of Julys. I worked my birthdays. I worked all kinds of holidays when all of my friends and family were out enjoying each other. I can never get those back. And I think people realize that. I think that if McDonald's or Jack in the Box or what, any of the, and I'm just using fast food because it's the easiest thing. We all know they're all over the place, right? But I think if they said to their workers, look, instead of us starting you at $16, $17 an hour and you have no control, what if you got to choose your schedule? And we actually paid you less because we're going to have to hire more employees in order to make a swing schedule work. Like, what if you said, you know what? I'd like to work two hours. I have a kid. I pick them up at school, you know, from three o'clock to five o'clock. And then their dad comes home. Can I work at McDonald's from three to five or whatever, three from 315 to 515 and then go home? I bet you people would say, I I'll take that job because I can have my life. Or like I said, if McDonald's drive through is open until 2 a.m., maybe somebody says, you know what? I want to be with my family, but I don't want to be exhausted. My daughter usually goes to sleep at 8.30. So how about I work from 9 to midnight? 9, what, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's three hours. How about that? I work five days a week, nine to midnight. My daughter won't even know I was gone. I could easily get to sleep by 1 a.m. and have a normal life. These are the things that I think businesses need to do to gain employees. Let us choose. And then if your, your kid maybe is out for the summer, you're like, hey, my kid is out for the summer, so I want to be there with them 
during the day so we don't have to pay for childcare. My husband comes home at six. So from then on, I, I want to have dinner with my son and kind of hang out with my husband. Is, is there a way that I can work from eight to 10 or eight to midnight? That's how you get people. And the happiest employees are the best employees. I know for myself, if back in the day when I was waitressing, if they had said to me, you don't have to work any holidays whatsoever, but what schedule would you like? And there's going to be a trade-off. I'd be like, well, gee, you know, like I didn't mind working Sundays when I was single. There were a lot of people who were like, oh, I don't ever want to work Sundays. There's crappy clientele. I want to be with my family. I was single. I didn't have any kids. I didn't mind working Sundays. No problem. So then let's, you, you guys get the idea. Let's be more creative with how we schedule people, with what kinds of power we give them. Like give them paid time off. I would rather make 14 or $15 an hour and be hired with a two week paid vacation instead of making $17 an hour and have zero paid time off. Even if it's not two weeks, if it was like four days, I could take a three day weekend and a bonus day in the middle of wherever. That's how you get people back to work. I mean, that's what I think. That's what I would do. The reason why the gig economy, the Uber, the Lyft, the Instacart, the DoorDash, the reason why those are so successful is because the people have the power back. I can drive when I want. I can deliver when I want. I can come and go. It's perfect. And so it's easy. It's really easy for people to say, everyone's lazy. Nobody wants to go back to work. They only want to live off of government assistance. Yes, we acknowledge there are people like that. But in my heart of hearts, believe that the majority of us are not like that. I know, actually, I remember when I worked at the Chamber of Commerce here, and I really enjoyed that job. But the money was garbage, right? And um, so I still had to wait tables. And I went to my boss and I said, look, the restaurant that I was working in was an hour and 15 minute drive one way. So it was 71 miles one way. So what, 140 miles, basically round trip. And I said, look, I only want to work one day. Can I work one day a week just on Fridays? And he said, yes. And I appreciated it because that way I could do the job I loved the do the job I cared about. And they knew every Friday they could guarantee and count on Jody. Because most people were like, I want Fridays off. I want to go party with my friends. I want to travel. Blah, 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 blah. I was always there on that Friday. I think it was actually Saturday, but I was always there. And so again, that's how we get the country rolling again, is we ask people what they really want, because money obviously isn't the only thing. Yes, money matters, but time with your friends, time with your family, that matters. Medical insurance. Again, I'd rather make $14, $15 an hour and be given medical insurance, control over my schedule, and paid time off. So wake up, America. That's who we are. 
we don't have to do this nine to five model anymore. We don't have to do this eight hour, 10 hour a day work model anymore, or 12 hours for those who work a lot, or 15 hours for those who work exponentially too much, right? Over time. I just think we should be given back the power. And so the takeaway of all of this is this. When I think back to this discussion that I was having with this person in New Hampshire, and that's where we were, my husband is from New Hampshire, and um, he just was so quick to believe that it was about laziness or to believe that people only wanted to live off of government assistance or what do you mean have a swing shift? Like, why would that work? Well, why wouldn't it? Why can't we try it? Why can't we be more creative? And that I appreciate appreciate about millennials and Gen Y, and I've lost track of all the other names, the different groups, I'm Gen X. And part of us too, I think, are thinking this way, but most of us probably aren't because we're already built into the system. Just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Time is everything. Money matters, but time, we can't get it back. And I think that's the best lesson that we could all get from COVID, especially the people who have lost loved ones from COVID. I'm sure they would say to themselves, my God, I would love to spend just one more day with grandma or grandpa or just one more hour with my sister or father or mother or 10 more minutes with my brother. That 10 minutes more I could have gotten home from work. Even if people just got to shave off an hour of their day and still got paid the same amount of money. Look, just get the work done, but go home at four instead of five. Most of us are like counting the minutes if you work nine to five. You're like, okay. I remember I worked a nine to five job and I was like, all right, at four, I'm like, I got to get a few things done. But right about 4.30, I'm like, okay, is it almost five? Like, you're not as productive. And maybe if you are, you're great. Awesome. So yeah, the takeaway is money isn't everything. Getting our own power back and feeling in control of our time and our lives, that matters. So the next time you hear somebody on the news or read on the internet or somewhere, oh, Americans are just lazy. I don't understand why they're not taking back their jobs. Consider this point. Americans just want to spend time with their friends, with their family, to vacation, to see things, and to do things that matter to them. Period. That's what I think anyway. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.